Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is episode 18 of the Point P Podcast. Today, before we get into it, because today we got a lot to cover, uh, I wanted to quickly point you towards BlackRifleCoffee.com. That's www.BlackRifleCoffee.com. For the freshest, most American coffee you're going to taste um, this side of Earth, uh, it's the, the best coffee out there. It's roasted after you've placed your order, so you're getting the freshest bean that you're going to get, which, if you don't know, which I didn't know, I, I fanboyed on them big time and just bought the coffee because I liked their podcast and the, and the dudes behind it. But I really quickly noticed just an extreme difference between even what you would call maybe top-shelf grocery store whole bean coffee compared to Black Rifle Coffee. Best against the best, Black Rifle Coffee still comes out on top big time. Um, and that's just because of the freshness of the bean. And then on top of that, uh, if you're tired of having all these different little items to throw in your cart at the grocery store, or let's say they just don't carry good coffee at your grocery store, Black Rifle Coffee solves that problem for you. They are COVID friendly because they mail everything to you. So you can, well, one, you could get all your coffee there Two, You never have to shop for another t-shirt again because they got tons of apparel and stuff too. They got hats. I've probably had two or three Black Rifle Coffee hats. I don't wear them anymore because they've all been chewed up by my freaking dog, but I've had them. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can check them out um, and then check, check out the subscription as well. Whether you want every month a new bag shipped to you or twice a month or every other month, whatever you want to do, and then you can manage that subscription. They'll send you an email before you your subscription actually renews. And then like I'll use that as a warning to be like, oh, I, I wanted to change the, the roast that I, I'm getting delivered to me this month. And so I'll go in there, try a new one, and then you can modify that as much as you want. And so it's really cool. They have a great setup. And then uh, on top of that, they're just a great company great people and they're doing great things. All their sales go to support veterans organizations, law enforcement, first responder organizations, and they themselves, uh, I think they're over half of their workforce is veterans. So it's really cool stuff that they're doing. Um, great conservative brand. So check them out, www.blackriflecoffee.com. And I don't have a promo code for you yet, but hopefully um, is, is y'all make this podcast successful by sharing it and giving us ratings and things like that. Hopefully I can go and approach them in the future uh, at, for an, a, a promo code. Next, uh, Cross and Musket Apparel. That is my, my wife's company. And uh, we sell, right now we got three t-shirts, very basic designs, but I feel like they say a lot. We got I'm a Friend of God, which is my favorite. And then we've got the Give Me Puppies or Give Me Death, which is by far the most popular. Uh, and then uh, I've got a few shirts left of the Never Alone print. That one wasn't as popular, even though it was something that the story behind it, I'll let you see if you can uh, pick the story out. We'll talk about the shirt designs on, on a future podcast when hopefully the, the news cycle slows down a little bit. But um, that one we're phasing out a little bit. So I'm going to throw some discounted pricing on that print, the Never Alone print, somewhere in the future when I really want to just get rid of it. Uh, but right now, just check it out. We're on Instagram. That's probably the best place to look us up. So on Instagram, Cross and Musket Apparel, and you can order it straight through there. Uh, and then use the discount code INSTA, like Instagram, I-N-S-T-A, and that'll get you 20% off, which is essentially a really good discount um, plus free shipping. And so that, that shipping, I mean... God, that, that is a massive amount of anything nowadays. USP, USPS just uh, raised the rates again. Um, and they're doing a worse job than ever. But anyways, we're not going to go there. So today, I there's some really heavy topics I want to talk about. But then don't worry, I'm going to leave you with some 
optimism, some positivity, a challenge, uh, some things to take with you into the weekend. Um, and before we really hit the ground running, I got some audio I want you to hear. This is Nancy Pelosi and some of her, I would say, at minimum, inflammatory statements towards um, other House of Representatives, uh, other representatives uh, from the other side of the aisle. So take a listen, make your own opinion, and then we'll talk about it. Well, first of all, uh, I appreciate the letter from the members, but most of the questions, the uh, items on their list have already been done. Perhaps they were not aware, and I take responsibility for them not being aware in terms of use of their MRA funds and some of the other issues that are in there. Today, when I meet with General Honoré, he is looking at members here, members at home, and in between. So we want to have a scientific uh, approach to how uh, we protect members. I do believe, and I have said this all along, that we will probably need a supplemental uh, for uh, more security for members when the enemy is within the House of Representatives. Excuse me, bitch! The enemy is within the House of Representatives, uh, a, a threat that members are concerned about in addition to what is happening outside. But I think that, again, what's in that letter, we've all, that's just a matter of communicating to them that has been done, the MRA, the rest of that. I do think, though, that uh, while they, it's appropriate that they use their MRA for their security, they shouldn't have to, because that money is there for them to meet the needs of their constituents. In the meantime, uh, to protect themselves and their constituents when they communicate with them, that that is confidential, private, and not uh, provocative, but then also for us to have, and that's what we'll be looking at recommendations from General Honoré. We'll have some interim report today, and then he'll continue his work. Okay, so, sorry, a lot of that uh, audio there was not extremely relevant. <laughs> Obviously, there's a specific phrase in there that I wanted to pick up on, which is that the the enemy was within the house, uh, as she put it. So, um, so unifying. Uh, I'm struggling because <laughs> there's so much I want to say here. First of all, the reason I played such a longer clip is I wanted there to be context. This is something that many people, both right and left, won't do. Because obviously they've got time constraints. I ne- don't necessarily have time constraints on my own podcast. Uh, so I wanted to be fair to her. I wanted to play the context a minute before, a minute after. And what she's talking about is members of the House are wanting to either have increases or just have permission to use part of their uh, their MRA, which is a um, member's representational allowance. So that, that's just, they get a budget, a personal budget to use for different expenses related to their occupation, to their job. Uh, and there's certain rules about what that can and cannot be used for. So what the letter was requesting, I believe, is either permission or an actual increase in that MRA, um, that member's representational allowance, 
to accommodate for uh, increase in security. They want to, because a lot of this started with um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, who did not attend Biden's inauguration ceremony because she said she didn't feel safe around certain members of the House, uh, her colleagues. They love using that word. I honestly, I hate that word. Uh, it's so such fake um, professionalism. Uh, when you're accusing each other of wanting to kill one another, it, it's insane that Congress has devolved to this ineffective second grade maturity level environment. Um, and so that's what she was responding to. But the phrase, the enemy is within the ranks of the House of Representatives. Let's let's be very clear about what the House of Representatives actually is, because it's not like she's calling some you know fundraising super PAC for the Republican National Committee the enemy. She's not calling the NRA the, the enemy. She's not calling QAnon the enemy or the people who stormed the Capitol. She is calling members of the House of Representatives the enemy, as if they've somehow infiltrated. She forgets how they got there. And that's probably the most troubling part of what she said is that, like I said, she's not talking to just anybody. She's talking about people that were elected through a democratic process within our Republican system, and they are there to represent the voters, their constituents from all over the country. That's kind of the beauty of our House of Representatives is you don't have somebody from Texas representing somebody from California because the needs of a Californian versus a Texan are theoretically and realistically um, almost polar opposites. I mean, from economy to social norms to just everything. And that's, and that's how our system was set up. It's a federalist system where the states are supposed to have the power. Your House of Representatives should be extremely powerful because that is the closest the federal government can get to the actual American people. Who I know, I know this is extremely old-fashioned, but at some point we believed that the power of the government rested within within the hands of the governed. Um, but some, somewhere along the line, we lost sight of that. Um, I guess if I want to talk to Democrats, any Democrats that might be listening, and I mean Democratic voters, I, I try to make this distinction as much as I can. If I say Democrats, I mean just your typical Democrat voter. Democratic leadership would be like Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. Um, and then liberals and leftists, those are kind of their own separate class depending on how far left they've gone essentially uh so democrat voters does nancy pelosi speak for you because she thinks she does she's got the balls to go up there on stage and call members of the house of representatives the people's representatives the enemy and i'm curious how do you feel about that? You know, I spoke to Democrats before uh, the 2016 election, and I remember one specific conversation I had um, where the person said, yeah, Hillary Clinton is a criminal. She probably should be locked up for all of the, I mean, just you can start down the laundry list of things that she's done, but most notably right there before the election, having con- uh, classified information on a private server in her closet that had been hacked and then when they tried to see it the hard drives were smashed cell phones were wiped and nothing happened um so in response to that this person said yeah she probably should be in prison but donald trump is just such an asshole and and that stuck with me because it's 
you know, you, you hear from people, especially on the right, you know, when Donald Trump was going to be the nominee, uh, you had a lot of people holding out like, no, we can do better. <laughs> we can find somebody who knows how to string together a sentence properly and, and knows where to put periods because Donald Trump just runs on and on and on. Um, so we, we did want somebody better. And we kind of point back to some of his issues in the past, some of his stances and things that he's said and done that are just completely contrary to anything that you could call resembling presidential or even just being a decent American, a decent human being. But I heard many times from people saying, you know, we're not electing a minister. I'm not sending somebody to D.C. to be a preacher. I'm sending them there to defend my rights. And I get that. Um so then how does that circle back to, I guess, who you would want as the nominee? If you would pick somebody over somebody else because of a character defect, when you would admit that the person you're going to vote for is a criminal, it doesn't add up in my brain. And maybe that's just my lack of understanding, but I don't understand how you could say, all right, I would prefer a criminal over a douchebag. Because let's be real, Donald Trump's face is next to douchebag in the dictionary. Uh, if it wasn't before, it is now, I guarantee it. So I know this might be hard for dear old Nancy to understand. But those reps represent us, the people. Plain and simple. They are our voice. We sent them there to do our bidding. They are from us to represent us. It's like in 300. When King Leonidas kicks that met the messenger who shows up to say that the Persian Empire is about to take over and that they just need to go ahead and kneel. Um, King Leonidas kicks that messenger into the pit, essentially declaring war on the Persian Empire. Well, we have sent the House of Representatives to D.C. We've sent those people to represent us. They are our messenger that carry our concerns to the people in power. And Nancy Pelosi just kicked that dude into the pit of despair. And we're left here being like, um, what does that mean for us? What if I voted for that guy? Are you now declaring in front of the media that if I sent a representative to D.C. and you are now calling him out as the enemy, am I the enemy? She's already said exactly how she feels about Donald Trump. I voted for Donald Trump in 2020. Does that make me the enemy? Does that make me an insurrectionist? From my point of view, Nancy Pelosi just declared war on the American people. And what's even more shocking and appalling in this situation is that the media, they didn't bat a fake eyelash. They just, they just let it sit there. And it had to be the, the smaller, the Daily Wires, the Blaze, who actually put some attention on this. The words enemy, really, there, there should be an entire news cycle devoted Anytime somebody uses that phrase within Congress, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, another part of this, you know, they, they talk about Donald Trump and how his words incited violence on January 6th, even though he was still speaking when they had already decided to, to be violent um, at the Capitol. And so it, it begs the question, what sort of actions does a statement like what Nancy Pelosi just said, what sort of actions does that statement justify? If she actually believes the, quote, enemy 
is is within Congress. And, and, and also keep in mind that they have certain privileges to carry weapons with them. So she believes the enemy, capital E, the enemy, is armed and within Congress. So what kind of actions does that justify? It's an open-ended question. And the last thing on Nancy Pelosi, I'm really curious how much money she spends on masks. Speaking of uh, budgets and expenses justified within Congress, um, I wonder how much money she spends on masks. Because if you see every single time she's on a podium, she's got a different mask on. And it's always flowery. It looks like uh, Vera Bradley or whatever. Um, anyways, that's just that's just my curiosity. Uh, in other news, we did see Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is... <laughs> I'll be nice. I have a liar written down, but let's say a fibber. She's a little fibber when it comes to January 6th. Um, she put like a 90-minute video on, I don't know, TikTok or Instagram, whatever. And she's talking about her experience of being locked in her office. And she could hear the rioters coming to get her. And she could feel their anger and all this stuff. And she waits until the very end of this 90-minute video to be like, but wait, it wasn't actually a rioter. It was Capitol Police. She bait and switches pretty pretty heavily there. Um it's, it's, it's astonishing that she thought she would get away. People like Nancy Pelosi, I'm kind of afraid of her because she's actually kind of cunning, you know? She can use the system to game the system. AOC just likes to talk. And really, I think she just, she has like an a, a attention, a need for attention. And she, she wants to be this, like this Instagram um, influencer. And she's forgotten that She's not there to gain influence. She's there to represent her constituents. So it's, a, it's it's just strange to me that somebody can think that they would get away with something like that. Um, moving on. One of the big topics I want to talk about is silencing. We've, we've seen big tech, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Google, Apple, banning people. Um, not just people, anybody. They're banning Donald Trump. I mean, if you thought that they're, you know, they wouldn't, they couldn't go for him. They, they did it. And they, what was the last time you heard from Donald Trump? It's been a while, right? They could do it to him as hard as he fought with all the power and money behind him. If they could do that to him, they could do it to anybody. And what's sad is nobody except your closest family members would even know about it. And even less would care because within, even within my own family, there's polar opposites, politically speaking. And, you know, when CNN people are the talking about cleansing and retribution about towards Trump voters, I have to imagine that many in my own family are nodding their heads like, yeah, we got to get these crazies off the street. But what does that mean for somebody like me? I see myself as a very rational, just conservative-minded person. Many would label me an extremist. So I don't know how... You know, this kind of brings me back to the whole unity thing. Now, how do we unify as a country when we're so divided? We're not divided on issues like just taxation or, you know, social issues, gay marriage. We're not divided on stuff like that. We're divided on core principles that make this country what it is. We're divided on economic principles, economic systems like capitalism versus socialism. We're divided on things like just the meaning of life. If there's a life inside of a womb, do we have the right as a parent, as a mother, to extinguish that life out of pure convenience? 
Some would say yes, some would say no. And that to me is an extreme divide. That's not even a thin line. We've seen more gun groups, gun advocacy groups, gun um, rights groups, just gun enthusiast pages being blocked, taken off of Facebook and social media with no explanation. There is a white Canadian rapper, if I get time, I'll, I'll play some of his song, um, that he is getting a ton of hate. And at the same time, millions and millions of views. I think uh, as of like yesterday or something, the number of views his music video has had is literally the population of the United States. Everybody has seen this video. And he's talking about... Well, I'll read you some of the lyrics. Um, I'll, I'll try to play it at the end of the episode, just so I'm not taking up time here. But just going... It's called Fake Woke. It's by um, Tom McDonald. Uh, T-O-M-M-A-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. And so he, he put out a rap song and, you know, I'm not super into the, uh, the rap music, <laughs> the hip hop scene. It's a little bit different for me. Um, but here's some lyrics from Fake Woke by Tom McDonald. I think it's crazy. I'm the one who they labeled as controversial. And Cardi B is the role model for 12 year old girls. There's rappers pushing Xanax at the top of the billboard. Further down, verse 1, Eminem used to gay bash and murder his mom, and now he doesn't want fans if they voted for Trump. Verse 2, I'm just taking sections here, obviously. Um, Censorship's an issue because they choose what they erase. There's a difference between hate speech and speech you hate. That, that is insanely powerful right there. There's a difference between hate speech and speech you hate. Many would article, article, many would argue that speech that you hate should be the most protected speech out there because it, what needs to be protected except the speech that we don't like, you know, nobody goes and, and tries to be friends with the friendliest person on the block and then calls that, you know, some win you win by befriending somebody who seems unfriendable, right? Here's some more. We got so divided, it's black and white and political. Republicans are bigots, libtards if you're liberal. There's riots in our streets, and it's just getting worse. Y'all screaming, defund the police. Y'all are genius for sure. They're underfunded already. They're way too busy to work. Order food and call the cops. See what reaches you first. Another powerful statement there. I don't know if he wrote these lyrics or somebody wrote them for him, but um, some of these lyrics are insanely uh, insightful. Censoring the facts turns our children into idiots. They claim it's for our safety. I'll tell you what it really is. Removing information that empowers all the citizens, the truth doesn't damage points of view that are legitimate. Oof. They're trying to change amen to a men and women. How do we let them make praying a microaggression? Instead of asking God for the strength to keep winning, we cheat to get ahead, and then we ask him for forgiveness. So if you get the chance, be among the millions and millions that have seen that video. Um, Tom McDonald, Fake Woke is the name of the song. I'll throw some of the the song at the end of this episode, assuming I'm not going to get taken down for copyright infringement. Uh, We'll see. But anyways, moving from there, Are some people out in the world saying crazy stuff? Sure. Among these people getting criticized or deplatformed, 
my pillow, Mike Lindell. You could s- seriously argue that some of what he said is out there. Uh, but his sin isn't, isn't saying anything crazy because there's crazy people saying crazy stuff every single day. M- Mike Lindell's issue was backing Trump. And so now even my local grocery store with HEB, which I love, has stopped selling his pillow. Just caving to woke society once again. There's a country music star. I forget his name because I don't give a crap about country music. But he went out and he got drunk and he called another white friend of his uh, N-word. And uh, he's indefinitely suspended from his recording label. His life is completely ruined. Um, Apple has already pulled his music off of their platform. It's insane how quickly retribution can happen. Swift social justice immediately, just like that, because everything is connected by ones and zeros. If you're sitting on somebody else's server, be ready for them to do whatever they want with your information. So anyways, are they saying crazy stuff? Yeah, sure. Some of it sounds crazy. But do we not have a right to say what's on our minds, what's on our hearts, even if you think it's crazy? Do you have a right to say what you believe, even if I think it's crazy? At what what point are people allowed to be crazy? Where and when did we take this turn that put us on the path of assigning morality to an entire nation? Instead of just promoting or saying, hey, be good moral people, they are assigning a set of morals and values to us. And if we don't live up to them, well, then we're the ultimate sinner and we're condemned and there is swift justice that comes against us. When did we start silencing those who didn't agree, who didn't fall in line with, air quotes, the system? How many songs? I mean, I'm listening to Kill Switch Engage. They got an album that came out during Trump's administration. It's an amazing album. And, and almost all the lyrics are about fighting back, about making your voice heard. And so that has always been an element of society. And yet we can preach that and we can scream that and we can raise our fist with that. But then when it comes time to vote, we vote for the ones who are silencing voices. Why are we doing that? There is a marketable reason why people act crazy, say crazy things, sensationalize everything. They want publicity. I mean, just look at Donald Trump. He won the nomination from saying crazy things, which is exactly, <laughs> that's, I'm answering my own question right there. To me, their mentality, their whole method of fighting this sensationalism that goes against the establishment, their whole game plan is exactly the opposite. It's almost like they're goading us in to being guilty. Like They want everybody to have this black mark on their permanent record. That way, down the road, they could then call it, ah, remember that one time? Because... Just take a step back and forget about politics. Just think about music. Think about food you're not supposed to eat. What's the first thing you do when somebody says, oh, do you, this guy said something crazy on Twitter? Or Cardi B's talking about WAP and her music. What's the first thing you do when you hear that there's something crazy going on? You go and you listen to it. You go and you watch it. You record it. You know, you, you screen record or you push the VHS tape in and, and record the, <laughs> so you can watch it again later. Old school. Um, I'm trying to follow their game plan and think, okay, what is their goal? 
and everything they're doing leads to more of the same. And I don't mean Democrats or liberals or Nancy Pelosi. I mean just the establishment. People, Republican, Democrat, people that aren't even in our country, just people who control marketplaces and economies. It's almost as if they want us to fight. It's like an ISIS mentality, and I'm not comparing the two as far as the the roots of their mentality. I'm saying that their strategy, you know, ISIS didn't want peace. They pushed and poked and prodded until we would fight because the culmination of everything they believe within their scriptures is essentially Armageddon. And so they wanted the fight because that was that was the second coming. And so I'm sensing the same on obviously a much lower level, on a political level, not a not a threat level. On a political level, I'm sensing the same out of Washington, D.C., where it's like they, they want us to fight back with our words and they want us to fight back with our money because now it's all recorded. It's all out there and it's going to be on a list. Everybody from the far left is calling for lists of Trump supporters, of people who donated, of people who support companies that donated. And it doesn't end well. In history, when you start seeing lists being made, names kept on record, it doesn't end well. Moving on. Kind of. (laughs) So Facebook taking down more gun rights groups. Um, Let me ask you this. Whether you're on the right or the left... I don't believe that this time is now. I think we're far from it. Very far from it. But what about when the day does come that a Trump or a Biden or a Clinton or a Bush or a whoever does overreach with federal power and the people in Congress back whatever that overreach is and so you're not even being represented through the Senate or the House of Representatives you are seeing clear federal overreach. Do we really want media companies to have the power to silence voices? You're okay with them silencing conservative voices voices right now because you think that that is going to create peace. And maybe it will for right now. But down the road, as history has taught us, there inevitably will be somebody who tries to use the system to claim power and use their power to abuse their power. Do you really want to have the precedent set of CNN, Fox News, Facebook, and Twitter deciding what can and cannot be heard? This all plays into an effort, I believe, to create a world that will be 100% peaceful. And I think it will be achieved. We'll get into the Great Reset in a second. Because there's, believe it or not, more headway on there being made. Assuming all of this ends the way that they want it to end, I believe that the world will be 100% peaceful. We'll all have comfortable, mediocre lives. We'll have our apartments, we'll have our devices, we'll have our Netflix, and we'll have our cars, and we'll have an endless amount of free stuff from the government. We'll have easy access to loans. Because what is money? And we'll have the life that we want. To a point. Because at some point, we, a peaceful society like that requires peaceful, requires people 
to stay in their lane. And if we are assigned a lane, well, it's easy to create peace. When there's no diversity, there's no diversity of thought, diversity of backgrounds or political opinions, no diversity in speech. As much as they want diversity, they're sure acting the exact opposite. Because without diversity, peace is easy. And essentially, we'll be, we'll be slaves. We will have no freedom. There will be peace. But is that really what you want? A life without struggle, without purpose? I mean, what's some of the, the, the best, the highlights of a year? That's when you had a hard time. That's when you lost a job or you, you lost a paycheck in the family or whatever it is. And you overcame that together. You went through poverty. You talk to anybody who's gone through serious poverty. And they'll say that those are some of the happiest times in their lives. Think about COVID. So many talking about, you know, yeah, it sucked. Times were tough because I lost my job. I had to go find another one. But, you know, through the lockdowns, the family was stuck together and we actually became closer as a family. So strife creates appreciation. And I think that there's just this effort in the world to eliminate that strife, to make everything come to us easily, for everything to be immediate. Uh, Just look at Amazon. But there's some hypocrisy that I see in here. There there were groups back during the Obama, I mean, the uh, Trump administration, lesbians with guns. There was a group called uh, Pink Pistols, and it was all homosexuals, LGBTQ plus members, and they were all saying that we need to be able to defend ourselves against people who would hurt homosexuals and whatnot. And, you know, nobody really talked about it that much. And of course, nobody tried to silence them. Nobody tried to say, no, you shouldn't be, you know, learning how to use your guns to defend yourselves. Nobody was saying that. The only people that were excited about it back then were conservative gun advocacy groups who were like, yes, that's what we've been saying. You should not disarm yourselves or take away your own ability of self-preservation just because of a political ideology. Whether you're on the right or the left, you should want to defend yourself and you should learn how to and have the tools and able to do that. So you saw conservative groups all over the place wanting to train these people and saying this, yes, we can unite around this. And it could have been a uniting situation had the media decided to elevate it to that point. But, you know, unity is not sexy anymore. So speaking of the Great Reset, um, some news that did come out is, of course, I, I talked about this, I think, on episode 16, 17. So go back and listen. But Joe Biden has a Made in America office. Um, and I thought that's great. You know, yeah, let's promote buying and selling stuff that's made in America. Let's support the American economy, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not really what it's about. What it's really about is creating equity and equality through the use of government contracts, which it's not, not every company out there deals in government contracts. It's just a step in that direction. It's a signal. Some might call it a dog whistle. Um, and what the goal is, well, I'll read you right off the white house website, whitehouse.gov president Biden to sign executive order, strengthening by American provisions, ensuring future of America is made in America by all of America's workers. But some of the things that they go down here is it's not just we want to buy from American companies. It's we, we want to buy from only American companies that support our values of fighting climate change, of fighting social injustice, minority entrepreneurs. That's all great and whatnot. 
But what they're doing is they're placing emphasis on things that have nothing to do with business. And that's the problem. We've talked about this. Clean energy. Cool. I'm all for it. As soon as it's affordable, as soon as it actually works, and as soon as creating a freaking electric car battery doesn't put out more pollution and CO2 emissions to create the battery than just driving a gas engine. We've seen the statistics all over the place. Dan Crenshaw from Houston, Texas is all over this talking about how, okay, yeah, you can feel great. You can social signal by driving your electric car. But it's not as if the materials used for that electric car didn't require fossil fuels, didn't contribute to CO2 emissions. So it's, it's just, can we just be rational about these things? There was a, a poster or something on the, on the website of, I think, the World Economic Forum. Uh, let's see if I can find it here. Yeah, their annual meeting uh, in Davos, Switzerland, that we talked about uh, last episode of the episode before. On their website, they had a little banner, a poster or something of a nice curly-headed white dude smiling. Hmm, nice teeth. The banner says, you'll own nothing, period, and you'll be happy. And they took it down real quick because if that doesn't say exactly everything that I've been trying, not I, many have been trying to point to as far as this great reset vision from the World Economic Forum. It's, it's why I'm taking it seriously. I'm trying to read Klaus Schwab's book because they are optimistic about their efforts because Biden coming into office. Because you have so many billionaires around the world really signing on to this agenda. On top of that, research um, agenda 2030, I think, as it's called, um, it's having zero net zero carbon emissions by 2030 or something like that. And, and, and the 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 efforts they're signing on to, you know, being okay with as far as restricting, taxing, um, all that regulations, they're they're all for it. But back to this poster, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. They have to abolish private property. And they'll, they'll use the justification of property being a means to enslave others because, well, it's my house or it's my business or it's my street or whatever it is. Um, and that's their whole philosophy. That's not really their philosophy. It's their justification. It's, it's their in. It's, it's their wedge to, to pry the door open. That's the only way their utopia can happen is if we don't own anything. Because if you don't own anything, well, whose is it? It's everybody's. You know, it takes a village to raise a child. That's not your kid. That's that's society's kid and that's where you start seeing schools having more power over the parenting of a child than even a parent does we've seen uh, i talked about this last episode coca-cola already basing their relationships with legal uh, companies corporations on their uh, basing it off of their commitment to inclusion inclusion and diversity their social footprint and straight out of the mouth of klaus schwab capitalism is dead so they believe our entire system, everything that we've based our country on is dead and it's over. And they're optimistic because Biden is going to flip it all. They're hitting us from all fronts. And if you're not feeling it, well, then your eyes aren't open. They're hitting music, movies. They're trying to, they're going to use the FCC to get into podcasts because they're in with radio. But they aren't in with podcasts yet. 
and of course politics, they're hitting us everywhere and they're, they're, they're clamping down. But as long as people can scroll their Facebook, as long as people can watch their Apple TV, well, some lyrics from that, that song, um, I think it was in the first, they give, they gave us tiny screens. We think we're free because we can't see the cage. That's so true because we're so distracted. We're so behind on what's actually happening in our country. How could we even try to fight back? And I think that that's really where it's coming to is a lot of people are shutting off the news. They're shutting down like, screw it. I'm going to work my nine to five go home and enjoy my family, which I get, you know, I I get it. And I've been there my entire life and I'm fighting it now because, well, this is a good point to close on. I've never really defined for myself until recently who I am. And that's huge. You know, maybe partially I've defined myself as a Christian, you know, my faith, my family, But some of that, at least a portion of it, felt by default. And I don't want any of that in my life. I don't want to say that I feel or believe anything just because. I want to be able to say, I believe this because, and this is why. It's never really been a conscious decision of mine to say, this is who I am. And that's scary. That's risky. And I realize that now. And so I'm I'm reading now and I'm, I'm trying to find where... Where does this pit in my stomach come from when I see the news? When I saw January 6th happen, you know, I was very young. I was in fourth grade on 9-11. Many people, of course, people that just voted or 18 weren't even born on 9-11 or alive, I should say. They weren't even alive to witness that. So they've just heard, they've seen the pictures of the towers on fire and a plane about to hit it, but they've never, they didn't feel the the connection that we all had in that moment of, I mean, really terror of fear of uncertainty that we all experienced together. And there was, there's some unity on that. The nine twelve project came out of that, where we were so unified after that, you saw people volunteering everywhere, giving blood, driving their campers up to, up to New York and trying to find their way in the dude who was in that bullhorn speech with George Bush wasn't supposed to be there. You know, George Bush put his arm around the guy and where he's, you know, people are telling George Bush, we can't hear you. And he says, well, I hear you and the world of people who knocked down these towers are going to hear from all of us real soon. That dude in that video was not supposed to be there. He, he, he drove around barricades to find his way into the center of New York so he could help. And that's a difference between back then and what we see today where people, you see a lot of videos of people getting shot and kicked and beaten up on the streets, but you don't see a lot of videos of people helping in those situations. You'll find 20 different angles of a catastrophe happening because you got 20 different people recording it on their iPhones, but nobody has the, that, that, that impulse to get in there and make a difference and help. I was talking to my wife last night, actually, we were saying, you know, in a situation where we're just living our lives and we're in a Walmart or whatever, and there's an active shooter, what do you do? And I, and I told her, I said, I, I hope to God, I, I believe within my heart that I would be the type that would want to help, that I wouldn't just be another victim huddling in a corner. I'd want to, to help make the situation better. Even if making the situation better is not doing anything, I would hope that I'd have the intuition in that moment 
to know what to do. Anyways, back to defining myself politically, spiritually, I've had so much clarity in the past month or so where it's just, you know, it's not the time to sit back anymore. It's not the time to just live your life like many will choose. Now is the time to at least make an effort to not advertise to the world who you are, but to give inspiration and courage to others to define who they are and to be who they are. And I'll leave you with this. Knowing who you are means never stopping, to never stop being who you are. Knowing who you are means to never stop being who you are. And people will try to keep you from being who you are if who you are is honest. Because an honest me is not necessarily a politically correct me. And so when they tell you not to watch it, record it. When they tell you not to read it, buy it in print. And when they tell you to shut up, buy a microphone. And then use it. Use your voice before you lose it. And in the process, of course, be kind to each other, be nice on social media, share some hearts, share some likes, less angry faces, less snarky tweets back and forth. Set aside politics when you're in the public square and just be kind to each other. And I'll leave you with that. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Check out BlackRifleCoffee.com. Find us on Instagram, Cross uh, Cross and Musket Apparel, and of course, Point B underscore Cast on Instagram. And DM us, email us, info at crossandmusket.com if you want to sponsor. If you want to be on the show, I'd love to have some call-ins. Uh, it's not, not hard to do. I got the Skype. I got the FaceTime. We can put you on the show. Say what it is you want to say. Even if you vehemently disagree with me on every single principle, especially if you disagree with me, I'd love to have you on the show. So check us out. Um, check out Black Rifle Coffee, and uh, we'll see you next time. What's up, Point B fans? Uh, thanks again for listening. Um, here at the close, I'm going to play the fake woke song from Tom McDonald that I told you about. I'm going to play it in full. If I have to end up removing it, uh, well, it might disappear. Um, but for now, the full song is going to be here. I would encourage you, instead of listening here, if you're not driving, if you're just at home, get out your phone and go to YouTube and find the actual video and watch the video. Not because the video is so amazing, but just because I want to all the traffic to go to that to his actual official page to to show YouTube and to show the world exactly how many people are reflecting with these words because it's extremely relevant, the things that he says. Listen to the lyrics, pull the lyrics up on your phone and read them out. Um, there's actually some, some real genius in some of the phrases there. So uh, enjoy. 
I think it's crazy I'm the one who they labeled as controversial And Cardi B is the role model for 12 year old girls There's rappers pushing Xanax at the top of the billboard But if I mention race in a song I'm scared I'll get killed for it It's backwards, it's getting exponentially dumb It's more difficult to get a job than purchase a gun Eminem used to gay bash and murder his mom And now he doesn't want fans if they voted for Trump We're ashamed to be American You should probably love it Cause you have the right to hate it and not get stoned to death in public As children we were taught how to walk and talk But the system wants adults to sit down and shut up cancel culture runs the world now the planet went crazy label everything we say is homophobic or racist if you're white then you're privileged guilty by association all our childhood heroes got me too or the rapists they never freed the slaves they realized that they don't need the change they gave us tiny screens we think we free because we can't see the cage they knew that race war would be the game they need to play for people to big teams they use the media to feed the flame they so fake woke Facts don't care about feelings They know, they won't Tell me what to believe in They so fake, oh, same old, say so They so fake, oh, facts don't care Crazy all these people screaming facts, but they fake woke. Hate their neighbor cause he wears a mask or he stays home. Has a daughter, but his favorite artist said he slays hoes. Picks her up from school, music slaps on the way home. Censorship's an issue cause they choose what they erase. There's the difference between hate speech and speech that you hate. I think Black Lives Matter was the stupidest name. When the system's screwing everyone exactly the same. I just wanna spend Thanksgiving Day with food and my family. Without being accused of celebrating native casualties. We got so divided, it's black and white and political. Republicans are Bigots, libtards, if you're liberal. There's riots in our streets and it's just getting worse. Y'all screaming deep on the police. Y'all are genius for sure. They're underfunded already. They're way too busy to work. Order food and call the cops. See what reaches you first. Segregation ended, that's a lie in itself That was a strategy to make us think they were trying to help They knew that racism was hot if they designed it to sell We buy up every single box and divide us ourselves They so fake woke Facts don't care about feelings They know they won't Tell me what to believe in They so fake woke Same old, same songs They so fake woke To get peace and wonder why it isn't working That's like sleeping with a football team to try and be a virgin Politicians are for sale and someone always makes the purchase But you and I cannot afford it, our democracy is worthless If a man has mental illness, call him crazy, say it silently When countries going crazy, we accept it as society Get sick and take a pill when the side effects get you high You get addicted like these rappers dying, fighting with sobriety Censoring the facts turns our children into idiots They claim it's for our safety, I'll tell you what it really is Removing information that empowers all the citizens The truth doesn't damage points of view that are legitimate they're trying to change amen to amen and women how do we let them make praying a microaggression instead of asking god for the strength to keep winning we cheat to get ahead and then we ask him for forgiveness feminism used to be the most righteous of fights but these days it feels like they secretly hate guys i don't trust anyone who bleeds for a week and don't die i'm just kidding but everything else that i said is right they so fake woke facts don't care about feelings they know they won't tell